At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. It is the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. Joined, of course, by the man himself, Michael Lombardi, in New Jersey. Michael, great to catch up with you. It's been a couple weeks here. And uh, good thing for us, the NFL always gives us plenty to talk about, no matter what time of the season it is, as we begin March. Uh, We do have a great show lined up for the day. we got Will Hill is going to join us. I like to call him the king of New York, Michael, because he's a great New York City podcast. Out next hour, maybe, arguably, the king of Chicago, Mike North is going to join us, hearing rumors about Mitchell Trubisky and where he might end up. And then the one-man gang himself, Lorenzo Alexander. I had the privilege of covering him back in his Washington, D.C. days. He went on from there, Michael, and had almost a second career that was better than the first. So we're going to be joined by Lorenzo out there in Arizona. But let's start there in the desert today, Michael, because I don't know how much you read into... I'm sure you've dealt with your share of agents and their statements and what they put out there for the public to digest. And we saw very interesting, I guess, comments come out from Kyler Murray's camp that were put out by his agent. And without reading it, because it was so small, the print and the font that they put out, Michael, the gist of it to me was if Kyler Murray doesn't get what he wants, then blame the organization when I leave. Is that how you read it? I read it as a ransom letter. Yes. Basically, I read it as, I mean, I mean, most people would have sent this to the FBI offices in Washington, <laughs> dusted it for fingerprints. Today, I was fully expecting Colt McCoy to come up with a ransom letter because he actually played better at times than Murray did. Why not? You know, he's a free agent. He should put out one. I, I, this is just all about, to me the agent trying to justify his position with the player, the agent telling the player, I'm going to get you a huge deal. And now they've gone to a scorch earth mentality, which is not going to work. I mean, it's just not going to work. It's like, he's got two more years on a contract. He hasn't endeared himself. And if you talk to anybody in the national football league, and I do, and they'll all tell you that when it's not a street game, when it's not loose plays, mm-hmm. this kid has a hard time playing quarterback in the NFL at his size. I've been saying it for two years. I call him the mayor of Munchkin land because his size affects his play. If you watch the Seattle tape, the last game of the regular season, when Seattle pushed the offensive line back into the pocket and they made him play quarterback from the pocket, it was really not a game. And so – Unlike, you know, all the, the, the sensation that he, how great he thinks he is, it's just not there. 
in terms of he has a lot to prove. He's not a top 10 quarterback in the league by no means. Now, he's a top 10 athlete. There's no doubt he's fast. He can, he's explosive. And if you let him out of the pocket, he's great. But as a top 10 player, no chance. And what were they? They were two and six over the last – when he came back from the Chicago – when they played Chicago off the bye, mm-hmm. threw 15 passes, and then they won that game, and then they were able to, uh, to, to win one other game. And other than that, they were two and six down the stretch. 25 to 1 to win the Super Bowl next year, 12 to 1 to win the NFC are the Arizona Cardinals. Michael, my, my real question for you here, it really comes at the quarterback slash head coach level. Because as a front office executive, as a GM in the league, when you see what's happening now with the agent of Kyler Murray and Kyler, I, I guess by proxy here, you know, to me, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray joined at the hip. Does the coach need to go to the front office now and say, well, that's my guy. Let's extend that two-year deal remaining on his con- – like, how does, that, how does that work? Because if Kyler is really this unhappy with two years to go on his contract, I mean, it just feels like these two guys, if one goes, don't they both have to go? Well, I really wouldn't care that he's unhappy. He signed a contract. He's got two more years. Look, there's a lot of things I'm unhappy with, too. I'm sure you're unhappy, too, Dave. <laughs> You know, but you sign a contract, you live through it, right? right? And if he played better, I'm sure they wouldn't have no problem. If he played like Josh Allen played, I'm sure they would have no problem. But here's the real issue. He's going to want a contract above Patrick Mahomes' deal. You want to pay him that? Oh, boy. No. I mean, the simple, the simple way to handle Cliff is a Cliff. The guy's going to want over $50 million. You think he's worth over $50 million? Of course he's not. It's really an easy conversation. So just coach the players you have. We'll go out and find another guy. We'll re-sign Colt McCoy. We won two games with Colt McCoy. We won in San Francisco. We won in Seattle. He plays better at times from the pocket than this guy ever does. Life goes on. Look, this franchise goes back to the, to the uh, Chicago Cardinals. Mm-hmm. It's going to go on long, long after the Arizona Cardinals, long after Kyler Murray. You, you can't just sit there and say, okay, I'm going to be held hostage to his demands. If he was an elite player, if he was in the top three, yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson, who won the MVP of the league, isn't isn't doing this. Right. It, it is it is fascinating when you have that many years left. Look, going back to my Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott, he jumped the line a couple of years ago, and that really hurt the Cowboys when you made that move there. So it feels like Kyle Murray, with two years to go here, is trying to renegotiate something that, if you're the front office, to your point, is probably like, we don't need to do anything right now. You need to honor the contract that you sign. And if you play, you know, head and shoulders above it, then maybe this is a conversation we can have after next year. This will be very interesting to see if they can smooth things over here in this offseason. You know, he did the scrubbing of the IG, Michael. You know, that, that's what the kids do nowadays. So we can read I mean, between. Who, are we in grade school? Exactly. I mean, are, we like in, are we in the ninth grade over here at Ocean City <laughs> High School like my girl Anna is? I mean, seriously, like, is that where we are? That's where it I feels mean, like. Gonna, she has a different boyfriend every week. I mean, and then they, 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 they take off their Instagram. I mean, that's how we're behaving. I mean, she's in the ninth grade. Right. You know, I, I think the thing that's interesting is, is the fact that, you know, he's sitting there acting like he's achieved all these great things when he hasn't really done anything yet. I mean, he hasn't won a playoff game. He's made them a better team, but they also have other issues. Chandler Jones, they've got to resign. Right. You know, and so I, I just think to me – when you give in to somebody like this, when you basically say to somebody, what else do you do to your locker room? I mean, what do you do to your locker room? Now every player starts to stand in line. And look, here's the other fact that we don't consider. 
because the story is Murray's unhappy. That's the story. The rules that have been in place by the NFL, collectively bargained by the owners and the players, eliminate the NBA essence of I want to be traded. And so we spend most of our offseason talking about the unhappy players. Mm -hmm. When we all know come July they will report to camp. We all know come July they become happy once again because no player who's unhappy wants to get fined $1,000 a day and rack up a bunch of fees. They just don't want to do it. They talk tough in March. They, they, they curl up in July. And the rules are set that the league doesn't want holdouts. These are the rules. <laughs> so, Kyler, it's a really easy conversation. You call Eric on the phone, the ransom letter author, and you say, Eric, look, here's the deal. Uh, it, I, I want to send you the fine schedule. You do what you got to do. We're going to do what we have to do. If he doesn't show up here, this is what it's going to cost. This is what it's going to be like. We're not discussing a contract until after next year. Click. That's the conversation. Pretty easy one to have. And again, we'll find out. We're going to uh, catch up with Lorenzo Alexander out there in Arizona. So get his thoughts on this as well. Michael, very quickly, I did want to ask you about what's going on with the Giants and Saquon Barkley. Of course, the number two pick overall in the 2018 draft. Those people, Dave Gettleman, long gone from that front office. So now you usher in a new era uh, potentially here of Giants football. They say they're not going to extend him off of that rookie deal right now. What do you make of Saquon? Look, we always know the best ability is availability, and he hasn't always been available. Uh, what do you make of Saquon and his future in New York? Well, I mean, he's got to prove it, right? I mean, if once you once you exercise the fifth year, all of a sudden it's it's guaranteed for injury. You want to do that? Now they've got severe cap issues, right? They've got players. Galladay's making thirteen million this year on the cap, but Dory Jackson's making ten million. Mm. I mean, Blake Martinez is making eight point four million. I mean, I mean, this is like their cap is upside down, and that's why they they're twelve million below the cap, above the cap, and they've got to clear some space. Not only have the clear space to get under the cap, they've got to be able to then handle what's going forward. You know, what, what they do to improve their football team with a new coach who's going to want to make some changes. I mean, this is a bad roster. And the worst place you can be in football is have a bad roster and have a bad cap. Those two things should never go together. They should never go together. If you're bad, have a lot of money. If you're good, be toast to the cap. Right. Like no one can argue that the Saints, when they went all in or the Rams, when they go all in, they went up to the cap. They were good teams. Yeah. You can't be a bad team like the Giants, who has over the last five years has been one of the worst franchises in all of football and then be this tight to the cap. What that tells you is there's a bigger issue. You're making huge, huge mistakes with your player decision. That's a great point. 80 to one, by the way. Uh, for the Giants, too, if you want to go for an extreme long shot to somehow end up hoisting that Lombardi 18 trophy. to 1, did you say, Dave? 80. 80 to 1. I was going to say, that was, woo, yeah, 80 is <laughs> about right. Might go up to 120. Yeah, I was going to say, 80 still feels a little bit short to me, Michael, just when you look at that division. And we're going to get into some of these divisional winners from a year ago and see who's got a, a good chance for repeating. The one good thing for the NFC East people, and you know this, Michael, is nobody repeats in that division. I mean, it just doesn't happen uh, very often. I don't believe we've had a re repeat NFC East winner since 2003. So maybe that's the short hope for the Giants to turn this thing around. But they got issues at quarterback, what they're going to do with Danny Dimes. They've got issues at running back, and as you mentioned, they've got salary cap issues. It's really not a good way to start off if you're Brian Dable and company uh, with the Giants, but it is a full 
rebuild that they're going to have to do uh, in New York this year. I do want to ask you when we come back about some Cowboy conversation, too, about what they're going to do potentially with Amari Cooper. We're hearing about trade rumors there and how you look at the Cowboys next year and whether that they can break that string and repeat as NFC East champions. Got a lot to get to. A very busy Tuesday. Again, we're going to have Mike North in the next hour, Lorenzo Alexander in the next hour, and also Will Hill in this hour. So we got you covered all Tuesday afternoon long. It is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. So do not go anywhere. Got you set all afternoon long. We're back after a very short timeout right here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted ad specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522 4,700. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line. And, Michael, I do want to address those Dallas Cowboys, America's team, 14-1 to to finally get that Lombardi trophy, which has avoided them since 1995. Now, one key cog in the machine you would believe would be Amari Cooper. But there is an issue as to whether or not Amari will be back with his talented wide receiver core. If they cut Amari, they could clear $16 million in cap space, Michael, if they did that by releasing him. Uh, And they would have to do that. Uh, He would be 28 years of age, by the way, in June. So right now he'd count $22 million against the cap in 2022 if they decide to pick him up up and keep him. Now, uh, Stephen Jones, of course, who's the executive vice president, And basically, I don't want to say that Jerry isn't doing everything. Stephen does a whole lot with Jerry. But they say, and Stephen says, quote, it's too early for me to address that, the future of Amari Cooper. What's going on here? Because I don't believe that. I know you guys as execs know exactly what your plan is. Now, he doesn't want to address that to the media. What do you think is really going on here with 19? Well, I I think they're ultimately really disappointed. I think his love of football, Amari's, never really shines through. 
and I think that when you look at him, he's certainly a really talented player. And one of the reasons the Raiders removed him and traded him to the Cowboys was they didn't feel he had a great love of the game. And he's due to make another $60 million over the next three years. That's $20 million a year. You know, so when Devontae Adams is asking for 25, it really doesn't seem too far-fetched, right? At 28 years old, he's in the prime of his career. He's due to make $60 million. That's a hefty, hefty price to pay. And the Cowboys feel like that with other receivers on their team, they may be able to turn that money into another player and be just as good, if not uh, explosive on offense. So I think this is all about Cooper. I think this is all about how he plays, his his kind of demeanor, his lack of of really uh, loving what he does in football. I think that's ultimately the word that I continue to hear about him is, you know, he, he plays it for the money. It isn't all that what he wants. And so, you know, as productive as he can be at times, there are times when he just doesn't he doesn't seem to be the man and he doesn't take over games that his talent you would think Dave would would allow him to take over. And so, you know, I, I think ultimately that that's the biggest concern. I mean, you know, he averaged twelve point seven yards a catch. Dalton Schultz was at ten four. Right. You know you know, Dalton Schultz had ten more catches than he did on the season. And so, you know, really, I think C.D. Lamb is the guy that is more explosive and does more things. And, and ultimately, Cooper, who's always going to have something wrong, he missed two games again this year. You know, so it's a lot of money to spend when you're looking at it. You know, he had 104 targets on the year, and, and Schultz ended up having the same and caught more passes and both had eight touchdowns. And, yeah, and Michael I mean, Gallup. Really, what do you want to do with your money? I and, mean, like, mm-hmm. when you watch the Cowboys, do you get there in sense that, that Cooper's like Tyreek Hill? No. Do you get the sense that Cooper's like, you know, Stefan Diggs up at Buffalo? No, of course you don't. He, he's a good player. You don't deny it. But you don't ever feel like he takes over the game. Like, he doesn't have that competitive fiber drive to want to take over games. And he's a good player. Nobody's disputing that. But when you're paying $60 million over the next two years – you know, you're you're asking for a lot. You know, when he first came to Dallas, he averaged 15 yards a catch. Right. He changed. Right. He really changed Dak's progression when he came over in that trade. And again, when you have Michael Gallup, who's now, you know, he's got that torn ACL. He's coming off of that, but he is uh, a free agent here. Do you do you let Michael Gallup walk? Do you let Cooper go and cut him? All of a sudden, that thick receiving core gets a little bit thinner. But, again, do you want to pay that hefty price tag to keep 19 on the roster if 13 goes as well? I did want to get to the bigger. But I do think you, I think, you know, as good as they were last year, I think they need to get Schultz back. He's a free agent too, Dave. Right. You know, and Cedric Wilson, who played really well for him last year, he's a free agent as well. But I think more than anything, if if you watch the Cowboys and their inability to win in the playoffs, a lot of it came down to the fact that their offensive line That's right. couldn't block the 49ers. Well, 12 and 5. Specifically, Connor Williams at left guard. Ugh. And you know, Tehran Smith is always going to be a liability with his health issues. Mm-hmm. So that this is something I think they've got to fix. And you got $20 million tied up in all these receivers. In one receiver, that's a lot to have. That's a great point. And it's why at, at you know, 12 and 5 a year ago, winning the division, and now the odds to win it next year in the NFC East. And I wanted to talk about some of these teams, uh, whether or not they can repeat, and some of the numbers we have associated with them. The Cowboys are minus 120. Michael, when you just laid out what you just did, that you look at a Schultz, a Wilson, Tyron Smith with his issues with his knee, 
Michael Gallup, whether or not Cooper's coming back. I mean, these are big decisions if Connor Williams is still going to play guard. Boy, oh boy, all of a sudden, I don't know that I like that number for the Cowboys at minus 120. Now, I know the Eagles feel like the team on the rise. The Giants are in a rebuild. Maybe the Washington football team, commanders, whatever the heck they are today, you know, they're talking about maybe getting Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. That would change that, uh, that dynamic very quickly. But the Cowboys at minus 120, would you trust them at that price tag? Not, not at all, especially considering Calvin Watkins, who played really well for him last year as a free agent. Grandy Gregory, who's really came on into his own with the combination of Gregory along with Parsons really was dynamic. And Lawrence, those three really made their front explosive. Van Der Esch, you know, I'm sure he, they can replace him. Curse, who was around the ball all year, is going to be a free agent as well. So they've got, they've got severe, severe issues free agent-wise. And when you look at this team, you know, the two players that don't match the level of production. And I'm a huge Zeke Elliott fan, mm-hmm. but they don't, they don't use him like a weapon. They use him like a running back. And they've wasted so much of his money because of that. I mean, he's vastly overpaid for what they get. You know, he's, you know Elliott's due to make $12.4 million. He's got uh, nothing else on his cap. He's going to be worth $20 million on his cap. But you're going to pay him $12.4 million. To me, it's the perfect time to trade him. Wow. You got to trade him. See if you can get a value for him because see if there's a team that wants to utilize him. You've got three more years on his contract, uh, four more years on his contract, and so it's pretty affordable to do. But for me, you're just overpaying for this player that you're not getting enough value out of, and you've got so many other needs on your team. Now that's not Jerry's style, obviously, but to me, you know, you're wasting this guy. Because you paid him, you overpaid him. No question about it. I always say, Michael, he's the highest paid fullback in the NFL. That's the way they run Ezekiel Elliott. They run between the tackles, and he's not a game breaker. Powered's the game breaker back there, and you're you're paying him that kind of money to be a grinder. And I think in this day and age, that, that that's money not being well spent. I concur uh, completely. When you look at the rest of the NFC and the favorites uh, from a year ago, at least the division title winners, whether or not they can repeat it, the Packers at minus 155. Of course, it's all tied up in AA. Ron and whether or not he's actually going to come back uh, and be the quarterback there next year. Look at the Buccaneers and the Rams at plus prices. Plus 140 for the Bucs, plus 150 for the Rams. I get it that people look at the NFC West and think, all right, you know, whether or not you believe Arizona, Seattle can turn the corner there. Uh, What about the Buccaneers, Michael? Because we don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. And now we got guys in their prime in the offensive line retiring. What do you make of the Bucs at plus 140? Well, and plus they have Jensen, who their starting center is a free agent. Kappa, their starting left guard, right guard is a free agent. And then Harb Har- Marpert retired. Oof. And, of course, the, great play, the greatest player of all time retired. Blaine Gabbert, who we saw, uh, we saw uh, uh, Bruce Arians really give a lot of praise to, is a free agent as well. You know, I mean, here's their free agents that they've got to re-sign. You know, Jensen, Kappa, O.J. Howard, Gronk, Fournette, Sue, Golston, Pierre-Paul. Oof. I mean, that's their team, right? And, and we know Carlton Davis and Whitehead, the two players from the secondary. And we know, they're, we know they have cap issues. So it's going to take some maneuvering. And, and you know, Arians was all positive about, about Gabbard, how he's never really had a chance to be on a good team. Well, are they going to be a good team? <laughs> I think that's the question. Are they going to be a good team? 
Yeah, that you offensive know, but, line, boy, you mentioned it. They can't retain some of those guys, Michael. Who, you know, that's why when Brady went there and you draft Tristan Wirfs in that first round and they nailed that pick, obviously, with the year that Brady went there to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's a huge part for, I don't know, for any free agent, but certainly if you stay within, I, I can't imagine Blaine Gabbard is the direction they go at plus 140, Michael. And again, I look at the rest of the South and I go, well, if it's not the Bucks, who? But I don't know that I like that, even though you're getting plus money. No, I don't like it either. I think the NFC is wide open. I mean, obviously, Green Bay, if Rodgers comes back, to me, is the favorite. I don't like the Rams at their number with their salary cap, plus their lack of true dedicated motivation to move forward. They're not going to be able to stay healthy. Uh, It's a wide open. I mean, Philly right now with three number one picks could really jump everybody and become a a, a formidable opponent. Yeah, there's no way I'm laying that price. Cowboys minus 120, not knowing what Philly's going to do yet before that NFL draft. That's a great point. Hey, Michael, when we come back, let's take a look at the AFC and some of the divisional winners from a year ago and whether or not we think at the price tag there's any value in those numbers. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. this year with 24-7 streaming daily best bet emails and our tournament betting guide including advice data and strategy for only $19 whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the NCAA tournament get analysis from our experts including Greg Hoops Peterson on every key team conference and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash Matt. It's Dave Rossoff and Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And if you look at the New England Patriots, Michael, next year, and I'm sure a lot of people like what they saw this year in the rookie quarterback, 25-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, 13-1 to 1 to win the AFC. Now, you would think you might want to have a J.C. Jackson playing corner if those things are going to come to fruition. But J.C. Jackson said, and I quote, I guess they feel they don't need me. They can't be that important. I know I am, but they're not showing me that because J.C. Jackson wants a new contract. Now, he's open to playing under the $17 million franchise tag if he is tagged, which is looking like that might be where they go here. What do you make of J.C. Jackson? Look, we saw it with Stephon Gilmore as they traded him away to Carolina, kind of these elite corners that come through New England. Do you think he's going to get the bag or is he going to get the tag? You know, I, I think, Dave, we are in the season of complaining. <laughs> and everybody doesn't feel respected. Everybody's upset. You know, no one's doing my contract. It's all just noise, Dave. It's just really just noise. I mean, I'm sure they'll tag J.C. Jackson. I mean, why would you want to – why would you go and offer J.C. Jackson a contract when you know he probably wants five to seven million more than you're willing to offer him? Like, what's the point of having that discussion? Like, this is – and and – you don't hear the New England coming out and say anything, just like you don't hear the Cardinals. The one thing we have in the offseason is the media is the great communicator mm. for every player that's unhappy because it creates a story. It's really no story. I mean, they're not going to let the guy just walk out of there. They're going to protect their rights. They did it with they did it with Joe Tooney. I mean, they, they didn't want to just let him walk out of there. And, you know, they eventually they franchised for one more year and they had to let him go. But they're not going to do that. 
I mean, they can't afford to do that. They know they need him on their team. They're going to try to rebuild their defense. But they're not going to pay attention to the noise. They're not going to just – do you really think that J.C. Jackson complaining about his contract is going to affect Belichick's decision-making? Do you think that that's going to put, oh, my God, the pressure on? Because that was the intent of the ransom letter. The ransom letter was the intent to go to the public, complain about my contract. Everybody knows I'm a great player, Kyler Murray, so everybody knows I deserve the money, so everybody's going to be in my corner. It blew up on him on Twitter yesterday. Nobody was supporting him. Right. Everybody was like, you fool. You know, you didn't play good. Everybody, even people that, that, that are fans saw that he didn't play well. So to me, this is just a non-story. It's, it's, it's just what we're part of in the, in, the, in, the, in the season is everybody's unhappy. I want to be traded. I don't want to be there. I, I take away my social media. That becomes a story. It's just, to me, it's nonsense. I think ultimately New England's got a lot of work to do to fix their defense, and getting J.C. Jackson back is part of that. It's a lot of posturing. It's excellent. Uh, they use social media now, the agents and the players, as a mechanism, as a tool to get sentiment on their side. How that's going to help them in contract. And we saw it with Dak Prescott. Oh, my goodness. That was a story in the media every single day, how much Jerry is disrespecting Dak. Disrespect me that way. I mean, you see it, and it plays out with every team. With There's going to be at least one player that's going to try to do their contract through the media. And you're seeing it now. You're seeing it with Kyle Murray. And to your point, here with J.C. Jackson. It feels like a lot of the similar things going on there. The Buffalo Bills somehow, Michael, lost six games last year. They did win the division at 11-6. and six. The odds to win this division next year are minus 185. They're 4-1 to one to win the AFC. We're talking about some teams here in the AFC and whether or not we like the numbers to repeat. And I normally wouldn't like to lay almost $2. But I got to think, Michael, this team almost took a step back and still almost got all the way to the Super Bowl with, you know, if they could have managed the clock better in 13 seconds. What do you make of the Bills at that number next year with the Patriots seemingly nipping at their heels? Well, I think you have to really break down the Bills in two seasons. I think you got to break it down uh, before December, before the December 6th game in, in the win game, and then after that. Because to me, what they discovered after losing to the Patriots and then losing to the Bucks was that their best player, their best running back, their best quarterback was all about Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. And they went full single wing mode from that point on. They scored 31, 33, 29, 27, 47, and 36 points. They went full force on that. And now when they went into the single wing where he became the main runner, and they were able to add rushing yards to their total, you know, 233 against Atlanta in a bad weather day. They became a more dangerous offense. And I think that now that they've seen that, even though Daybald has now shifted over to the eastern part of New York State, that he is, they're going to continue to do that, that, that this is going to be the team that was. And they should have been a team playing the, the, the Bengals. And frankly, I think they would have beaten the Rams in a Super Bowl. They would have beaten the Bengals the next week, and I think they would have been. Those 13 seconds, I think, really cheated the Bills out of their first Super Bowl win. I really do. Because if he manages that, which is inexcusable, completely inexcusable, and, and it had nothing to do with you know their fundamentals or their techniques or their execution. It had everything to do with their decision-making. You know, They cost themselves a championship. And, and I've often said this, you know, Parcells, when he lost to the, to the Bears and the Sean Landetta didn't get the ball on his foot game, he was sitting on the airplane talking to Mickey Corker and his former high school coach, and he said, was this my last chance? Am I going to not be here again? Oh, boy. 
that enters your mind, and that's what you have to worry about with the Bills. Now, I think they'll be better next year because I think they know who they are at quarterback, and they're going to just keep running them. Well, somebody who had a 10-to-1 ticket on the Bills to win the Super Bowl, those 13 seconds were painful for yours truly as well, Michael. Yeah, and why would we change overtime rules? Because Sean McDermott can't manage can't – manage, <laughs> Uh, the, he can't manage the goddamn clock. Seriously. Well, I don't think that's why we're switching him because of, solely because of the Bills. But, uh, like, I, I've been on this crusade, though, Michael, for, for a couple years now. I just don't want ties. Like, in the regular season. Like, I don't – like, pro season, you're not going to have a tie. But in the regular season, Michael, I just don't want to have a game. And I don't care how they solve it. Just have a winner. I, that's not too much to ask, is it? Well, I mean, I think, you know, there was an era of football where we had a zillion ties. I think George Hallis had 42 ties in his coaching career. I mean, you know, I mean, look, that that was when nobody threw the ball and, right. and the forward pass wasn't really in play. But I think ultimately, you know, there's no – like every time this happens, Kansas City complained they didn't get the ball in overtime against the Patriots. Well, they had three third and tens that they couldn't stop them on. Right. Whose fault's that? Overtime rules? <laughs> no. I mean, if Buffalo manages the 13 seconds, whose fault's that? The overtime rules? Is that why you lost the game? No, of course not. That's not why you lost the game. You know, and, and we could have had an overtime game in the Super Bowl, you know, if 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 Zach Taylor might have substituted Joe Mixon for Sammy Perrine oh, and, and given him the ball instead of giving it to Perrine, you know, we might have been in overtime in that game. I don't have any problem with the overtime rules. It is what it is. You got to win the game. You got to stop the team that gets the ball first. I don't mind. Look, look, Cincinnati didn't get the ball in overtime, you know, and they were able to come back and beat the Kansas City. That worked pretty well for them, didn't it? Yeah, to me, I don't have a problem in the postseason because I know we're going to get a winner. I just have a problem in the regular season. I just want to have a winner. That's all. Like playing all that day and investing all the time that we invested in as fans and, you know, certainly in a gambling network. I just want a winner. That's all I want in the regular season. Please just no more ties. You know, you mentioned the the Bengals that we think the Bills would have beaten Cincinnati and gone on possibly, I agree, and beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Right now, to repeat in the North, they're they're getting $2, plus $2. So there's not a lot of belief here that the Bengals right now, at least, will be a repeat champion here. And I'm seeing uh, almost $7 to, to win the AFC and go back to the Super Bowl. Michael, is this a flash in the pan? Is this one-trick pony that we saw in Cincinnati? Well, I think a lot of this is more of a reflection of there. there is a belief that maybe Baltimore is going to come back. We know Pittsburgh's in a rebuilding year. There's no doubt with no quarterback. But Baltimore, you know, what are they going to do? they got to fix their offensive line. They had so many injuries last year that really devastated their football team. And, and they've got a lot of free agents that they got to deal with. And they're, they're really the basic, the nucleus of their team isn't really good right now. I mean, everybody, they got, uh, they've got 1,000 A's in every single draft the last five years, A-pluses. But their talent level on their team isn't great right now especially in the offensive line. You know, they'll get Stanley back, and, you know, they still have a huge hole at right tackle, right guard. Zeitler didn't play as well. The center is going to be a free agent. So I think there's a lot of work to do, specifically on defense. I mean, it's going to be a challenge, you know, with with all those older players. I mean, every player in their starting defensive front was over 30 years old, and only one of them's coming back, and that's Derek Wolf, and he has a hard time staying healthy. They've got to revamp this team. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in free agency. They're a team I don't think you can play one way or the other until you find out. Is Jawan James, who they brought in last year, off the Achilles, is he going to be the right tackle? They hope so. That's why they signed him last year. Mm. Yeah, and I also look at the Chiefs at minus 140, and I go, oh, 
that division's getting better, we would think. Certainly Josh McDaniels out here in the desert. You would think the Raiders might take a step up too. So very dangerous, I would say, before I laid that dollar forty with the Chiefs. And the Titans, very interesting there. They might have more staying power for my liking it even to repeat in the South. Michael, later on in the program, we will talk about teams we think that can go from worst to first. But when we come back, Will Hill is going to join us. He's got some college and NBA picks. Might even have a golf selection for us. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here in Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer in college basketball. Simply place a $10 money on wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200, plus you're going to earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. Michael, I don't know how you knew that off the top of your head, but you were correct that Papa Bear had 42 ties for the Chicago Bears before they had overtime brought into the National Football League. Since the advent of OT, the team with the most ties, the Packers. Six. Six times the Packers have tied. Kissing your sister. I love my sisters. Don't want to kiss them. It is yes, you do. <laughs> it is time to you bring in. You always want to hug your sister. You want to hug your sister. No kidding. Maybe on the cheek. Let's bring in the king of New York, Will Hill. He's got a great New York City podcast right here on Vston. Will, great to have you back in the program. Uh, I suffered along with you on your uh, on one of your losses last night as we look back at, at a couple of your plays. Syracuse not covering somehow. Uh, Speaking of overtime, Michael, going to OT. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Oh, in Chapel Hill, laying seven and a half as you did, or eight and a half, like, and they lose by nine inexplicably. I mean, Will, you just knew when that thing went to OT, it, bad things are going to happen. 
not my first bad beat. Not going to be my last. I had Indiana last week. They were getting seven. I think it was, and they're up four with like a minute left. Somehow the game gets into overtime and you know how the rest of it goes. It just goes like that sometimes. And I, I also had Wyoming and uh, they have this metric called shot quality. Mm-hmm. They base it on the, the quality of shots you get, what the, the predicted score should be. And they had Wyoming winning by seven based on the shot quality. Just San Diego state buried a million threes. I mean, with a kid, one of the kids just hit, you know, three after three, I think it was Murray. Uh, and even so Wyoming was down one with like a minute left, had a chance getting two, but uh, couldn't get home. So t- tough night got lost two out of three, but we'll bounce back. Got Baylor laying the point and a half against Texas. They always say Michael and will that these things even themselves out. Cause I feel like you're on, the right si- you're on the right side of a couple of these things just didn't bounce your way. Uh, gentlemen, let's talk a little bit about the night in the NBA and will, you know, boy, you look at the Lakers. I mean, they are a mess. They are a complete I don't know how else you phrase it these days with what's going to happen there. And you see, like, Jeannie Buss is leaving the arena in the third quarter at home. It's, it's an ugly scene right now. You like the Mavs, and I can understand why. Is it just because it's team dysfunction, or is there more to like about Dallas? Dallas has defended really well, and you said it best. This Lakers team is a mess. I don't know how you back the Lakers. I know we, you know, got to consider both sides and you be a contrarian, all that stuff. But the Lakers to me uh, are a shot team. We've seen LeBron, you know, get in his moods when this team's, you know, not the way he wants it. <laughs> he doesn't have the help with his teammates. He can pout a little bit. And uh, I just don't see him. You know, he's not peak LeBron where he can carry a team, uh, you know, like he did, you know, six, eight years ago. So to me, it's a one man band right now. It's an awful team. They can't defend. They can't shoot. Uh, it's just a horrible roster. I mean, we were talking about it yesterday. They got, you know, five, six, maybe seven guys that have a really good chance of retiring after the year that shows the lack of quality on this roster. You look at uh, Deandre Jordan, who they actually just cut Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, uh, Ellington, you go down the line. It's just, it's a horrible uh, roster. Westbrook's been a disaster. So uh, I'll take the Mavs here, lay the five and a half. It was four open four and a half. So uh, the money's moving towards the Mavericks, which I can certainly understand. Yeah. I mean, look, when you watch this Maverick team to hold golden state to 13 points in the fourth quarter uh, to really shut down and, and you, you, you've got to give Bullock a ton of credit, credit the way he did Stefan Curry. I mean, he was made him work for every shot. I think he was three for 10 from the three point line. You got to love Dallas's defense and the way they're playing. And Dimwitty's given them some real lift off the bench, especially the other night against Golden State. I like this Dallas team. I really do. I love their defense. I think Jason Kidd is certainly should be in consideration, you know, for, I mean, obviously, Monty Williams at Phoenix has done a great job with the Suns, but, but Jason Kidd's done a really good job of reestablishing this franchise, and Luka has been really good. And the other night he didn't shoot well, but he played well. I, I like this Mavs team a lot. I like it because they play defense, which to me, you know, is, I mean, they only give up 103 points at night. That's pretty damn good. Absolutely. Hey, Michael, very quickly, uh, the point about LeBron, is there a conversation that has to be had with LeBron? Or is he, he's running this team when you have a guy like LeBron, it's just whatever he wants, it's what he's going to get, or he's going to be unhappy. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody who's really uh, lives in Los Angeles and a former uh, coach, uh, college coach, and he was talking about how this is one of the few mom and pop NBA teams left in, in, in the league, you know, and the bus family owns it. Jeannie runs it, you know, and she listens to Kurt Rambis's wife and Kurt Rambis. I mean, there's a lot of influence coming from outside. I know that sounds ridiculous to people listening to this, but it's true. I mean, Rob Palenka, the general manager, might have less to say about the direction of the team than Kurt Rambis's wife. I mean, wow. she's kind of got the ear. And, you know, and LeBron's certainly strong. And I think one of the things we often can learn from is past. And Phil Jackson, 
one of the reasons he left the Lakers is because he didn't want to coach Kobe towards the end. It's always challenging to coach great players when they get towards the end. And I don't think for a moment LeBron's game has gone off the end. I think, still think he's a great player. But I think there's some circumstances there that make it very challenging. I'm, I, I, we said yesterday, Dave, I thought Frank Vogel would get fired. I thought he'd be back with me here in New Jersey, you know, hanging out <laughs> on the boardwalk eating Manco's pizza. But uh, he hasn't, you know, he's been able to, because I don't think they have any alternative. Right. It is just, it is amazing what's going on there. He's for, probably ruined for it at this point. He's saying, <laughs> what are you waiting for? Put me out of my business. I'll he's buy him the slices. I mean, <laughs> hey, Will, Mac, I mean, Manco's is open year-round on 9th Street. We go sitting there and have it. I mean, it's good. It's good year-round. So he come back. He Trust me, he knows where Mac Manco's is. He's not going to miss it. Let's go a little bit north of New York. and Let's get to Boston here. The Hawks coming in tonight, and they're getting seven on the road here. Will, boy, this Celtics team, they flipped the script in the first half, and right now they're kind of a chic pick maybe to surprise some people and come out of the East. Yeah, they uh, they played really well, but you go back through this winning streak. A lot of it is against bad teams, and uh, not just that. Bad teams missing their best player. A lot of these wins, they're beating up on Brooklyn with no Kyrie, with no Durant. Uh, the defense has been great. I mean, they got blown out against Indy the other day, but the defense has been great. The offense still is, you know, bottom of the league. I don't trust the offense to be laying six and a half, seven. There are some sevens out there. So I'll take Atlanta here. Atlanta's, you know, one, three out of four. This is still a team with some talent, you know, uh, competing to get in the playing spot. I just think the numbers are touch too high. I'll take the Hawks here. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I'm a big Boston believer, more so than anything, and then they go and stub their toe against the Pacers badly. I mean, just badly. What, they give up 129 against the Pacers? Mm. And and for all the talking I was doing, how good they are on defense and how they're improving, you know, they lose to the Pistons and they lose to the Pacers, two of the worst teams in the league. So I thought Atlantic, Will, I agree with you. I think they're starting to come in their own a little bit. I think they're starting to play to the level they played last year. And if they do that, this will, you know, like they're, they're a tough out. They're not an easy team to play, and they'll, they'll be able to break down Boston as much defensively as any team. Let's keep going further north, and let's go uh, into Canada for this one, for the Raptors tonight against the Nets. Will, I don't know what you make of the Nets. Look, when they get their full complement, and we're all waiting for them to get the full complement, they are still the favorites to come out of the East. What do you make of them tonight getting about eight and a half on the road in Toronto? Yeah, once that tall guy who hits every shot, basically no <laughs> demand, comes back, they'll look a lot different. Uh, I was on the Raptors yesterday. I gave them out on my pod, and I actually tweeted out Raptors were plus 250 on the money line in the second half yesterday, and they were up 23 at the half. They ended up winning by 36. Wow. Uh, kind of a weird scheduling scenario here where you play uh, the same team back-to-back games. You usually don't see that too often. I'm going to take the Nets here just based on the number. Anytime you give up 133, you got to figure you come back tomorrow with a little more intensity defensively, a little bit be- uh, of a better effort. Obviously, it's in Canada, so no Kyrie, but you got to figure eight and a half uh, with the Raptors is a little rich for me. So I'll take the Nets just assuming they play a little harder, play a little better tonight. You know, it's funny though, Will, uh, the last 10 games, Toronto has owned them. I mean, they're seven and three against them. And I don't know if the big, the six eleven guy who can make any shot on the court played in those 10 <laughs> games, but they seem to have their number pretty well. I mean, I know that in December they lost by two, but for the most part, they've had their number. And, and now you've got to fly back on a back to back, you know, I, I think rest certainly is going to affect it. But to me, Brooklyn's so unpredictable. Once I, Kyrie's not in it, how do you lose to, how do you beat Milwaukee and then turn around and lose to, to as badly to Toronto as they did. Obviously, Kyrie's not playing. Yeah, it's a it's a huge night and day scenario with this this team. Very quickly, got about uh, 45 seconds here. Will give me a winner that you like, maybe long shot at Arnie's tournament this weekend in golf. 
How about Matt Fitzpatrick? Three Ooh. top tens of this course the last three years. Uh, it's a long course, but he's got kind of a finesse game that, for whatever reason, goes well with the course. Like I said, played really well at this course. Finished second two years ago on this course. You can get him 35-40 to 1. So hopefully we get a winner here with Fitzpatrick. Oh, I like that that name. I, boy, I wish Love I had Steph Straka last week at over 100 to 1 oh, pre-flop. Burger collapse. Oh. You had Straka? Well, I mean, I wish I, I wish I had him. I oh, didn't yeah. have him. But boy, that collapse. If you had Daniel Berger, and I was going at it with some people on Twitter saying that wasn't a bad beat. That's an awful beat if you had Daniel Berger and he couldn't close last week. Just amazing. Uh, the King was New York. Overcooked. He, he was overcooked. It was well done. There he is, everybody. Follow him at not the Will Hill on Twitter. Coming on back, we got Mike North and we've got Lorenzo Alexander next hour, right here in Vison, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.